we need to ask what's the what jiu-jitsu was designed to do right the essence of jiu-jitsu is about <clears throat> being able to to end the match end the situation uh, in the old days it would be done to actually cause the harm and finish the situation there would be a submission and nowadays when we train with friends and teammates and competitions we go for the representation of ending the discussion, ending this, the issue, right? And with the, the beauty of jiu-jitsu that you're able to do that and don't hurt anyone. And you're able to do that every day and it still don't hurt anyone. Mm. But you can still feel the, you can complete the cycle of actually getting 100% of jiu-jitsu implementation. Everything that you train is to be implemented. But if you design and train for and fight for only score a point, it may be a missing the essence of the art. And that's sometimes the risk that competitions and rule settings can create and move you far away from the original goal of the art, right? Which is to, to fulfill itself, you know? Uh, if you think about the order of controls, even the way points are scored, uh, the closest that you are from the submission, the more this, the, high, the, the score. Mm -hmm. So the more domination you have, the more points. So if you pass the guard, you're closer to the, to the submission points. And that's when you score three points. When you mount, you're even further into that. Back, you're even further into that. So I think that's the whole purpose of jiu-jitsu techniques is to, to go into the submission, you know? And I feel like if we stop fighting for it, are we being true to jiu-jitsu, right? That's why many organizations, many uh, federations, they try to motivate the submissions on their rule setting. Because it's kind of, a, it, we're dealing with a modern issue, right? We're dealing with a, People want to grow and in reputation and win titles and and so they find success. But there are different things from actually succeeding in the art versus succeeding in the eyes of the world. Very right? different, yeah. Very different thing. So <clears throat> I think that there are a lot of rule settings that are trying to divert to the original mentality, which is entertainment right and the entertainment is the big movements and the the submissions that's what yeah. people want to see because it's the true essence of the art and and i feel like if we are preparing and training yes you need to be all around it to understand the positions but don't ever lose the focus and the direction where you're trying to go it goes back to very very uh, early conversation that we had uh today it's it's about having purpose, having direction to everything that you do. You might not get it, you might not finish the match or submit the person, but you're working very hard to achieve that. And, and that means you can never get it wrong. You're always going to be evolving to the right direction of Jiu-Jitsu if that's your, your, your mission. Set the mission, follow suit, and work your best to achieve it. And your energy, your knowledge, and, and your and your growth will go towards that direction. But if you only think about the advantage or the point scoring, that's all you're gonna ever get. If you get, 
And, and I always felt like conflicted as an athlete to the competitor who I wanted to be versus trying to win for the referee. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a tough thing. And as a whole, of course, if you are, uh, if you're really well controlled in your jiu-jitsu, you also can finish and control. Because you need to finish to finish well, you need to control well. So one thing adds to the other. Uh, but it's, I think it's a big difference between just fighting for control and don't move any further. Yeah. Versus control moving forward. Can I offer a slightly <clears throat> different uh, image of that Ayrton Senna quote? So, because this is something we talked about a few hours ago transition in jiu-jitsu so if you if what Ayrton Senna was saying there about going for the gap that's a transition from let's say second place to first place right mm -hmm. it's transitioning through that gap to the to the to the you spoke to me earlier about all of your jiu-jitsu is in transition and I would speak to our students about the magic happens in transition it's the it's the stuff in between the moves that is the hidden jiu-jitsu that's the magic when we talk about transitions in jiu-jitsu, what, what do you mean? But what does that mean to you? Like, if you look into the element of, of jiu-jitsu, it's like, for example, if my technique directs to a particular side, I want to pass the guard to the right side. But every time I go to the right side, there's a block from my opponent or partner to stop me from going to the right. If I start going to the right and then I shift to the left when it defend the right side, that is the moment that transitions there of directions, right? And before I get to left or return to right, that is a transition. That is a gap. And that gap is what you need to take to advance to the next situation. Mm -hmm. And this is more specific to what I, what I meant about gap. It's understanding the silver lining and realizing that every time you're going to static moves, you're stuck. Mm -hmm. So it's about creating the openings where you can see the transitions that other can see. And that's where you're going to be able to implement jujitsu to somebody else that is highly trained and highly prepared. So if you put two athletes together and they're all very well trained, why one can still implement jujitsu to the other? It's about the deceiving, it's about the, the, the domination of the areas that's being played is about strategy, taking away the strength of your, of your opponent and bringing it to your strength, that you have better chances to understand the transitions than the other. And I think that's what I really feel like. I always had an eye for, for the silver lining, right? And, 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 but it was not always like that first. You know, I used to try to just implement what I know and then and I keep hitting walls. <laughs> can't get it so why can I not get it and there's something sparkled to me that if I'm going how is it possible to armor a black belt when I was still a color belt because if they know what I'm about to do every time I begin they know what I'm going to do so how can it be done against somebody who's really and then it's that's what I started to understand that the, the armbar that finishes the same for everyone, but how you get to that armbar, it can be very, very different. And it's all about the direction, the thought process, it's about how you manipulate the positions, how you make the other person think you're going in a particular directions, leaving gaps where places that he doesn't notice because you're too focused on one particular move. 
and that's where silver lining comes comes to play. And mm. this is more what I meant mm. on technician on technical levels where transition really makes Yeah, we also spoke about, didn't we? And we, t- we were discussing what perhaps we might, um, Professor Victor might show tonight in the seminar, which we're really excited about. He talks about being one, two, three, four, five steps ahead and thinking that way. And you can only do that if you see the transitions and see the options. And that's often when you perhaps rolling with someone who's a bit more experienced, it feels like almost the mind readers, like they're just so far ahead. Everything you do, it just gets worse and worse. It's like they can predict the future almost. I think something I took away from what you were saying there, uh, or what made me think about, was oftentimes we'll tell to the students, you know, you, you've got to do jujitsu. Like, don't be like stagnant in a position where like they're just trying to not get tapped, so they might just, just know, shell on, up yeah. and like it's just they're not doing any jujitsu. They're just trying to kind of not get tapped. And what you're saying there around like you need things to happen. It's kind of like life, right? It doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, there's no like life in like stagnant water. You need things to happen. So you've got to either force that happen or you can react to how your partner's doing it. And then that's where the, you're creating opportunities and those silver linings that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's interesting because now we can be the force of change or we can respond to, to what's happening to you. There's a lot of times uh, people tend to have tendencies to choose one or the other, but jiu-jitsu is, is both. So, like, I want to pass the guard, and I want to pass this way. And if your opponent knows how to defend your way, you're not going to do it. You're going to be trying so hard and not going to do it. So sometimes they might just be telling you something. You're not going to go this way. But is that a way that is out there that I'm not focused on? Because it's focused on defending that direction. So even yesterday on the seminar, I thought it was a lot about initiating a directional pass to one side. And, and, and the person was like, they, 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 why do I change, right? Why do I go somewhere else? And I said, I'm only gonna go if my initial pressure is not willing winning or requires a lot more effort to conquer that move. But they will feel that I really want to go in this path and they will have really have to address that side before I shift directions. And I usually shift when they're still believing. No one they stop when they already know they I won't do it anymore. That's a difference, right? Yes. Because then they started to win in the, the, the game and ah, ah, he's probably gonna change here when it gets to this point. And then I go before they realize that. And that's the you gotta be very sensitive to those mm. little transitions, you know? I find it so interesting the um the kind of this, this, the, the uh, deception piece of it all and the mental kind of part of it. I remember interviewing Professor Lewis like as a white belt and him telling me like what he's doing as a black belt. He's like, I'm trying to influence even just, not even just your body, but the way you think about things. <laughs> so like the, even like that little bit of mental warfare that's going on within the role. And, you know, we talked a lot about yesterday about um, integrity. We did a podcast uh, about values yesterday. And um, yeah, I find it quite interesting that uh, the juxtaposition between the practical things that we do on the mat is all around like that Sun Tzu philosophy of like all warfare is based on deception and yet on a higher level of it we're being very like all, all of our like thoughts and concepts around the mat is all about integrity and honesty and, and really expressing who you are through your jiu-jitsu and I, I love the contrast between those two two ideas that, in what we do. 
Yeah, that's 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 really interesting. Like when when I when I'm planning to <clears throat> to be truth to myself through my role, right? I want to be expressing who I am by trying to get the things that my body's feeling like it needs to get. Or uh, I always find uh, that I need to really be open-minded and trying to see the opposite element so I can have a better uh, feel of direction sometimes. Like if I really want something, I impose for that thing, but it's not right that for me. So if I only think about the thing that's in front mm. of me, I don't get anything else. Uh, but if I'm actually, hang on a second, what is the goal here, right? What one am I trying to achieve here in this role? If you don't have direction on that role, you're not really trying to work something out, right? You're just trying to just play. And then if you play just with no direction, you're just random. If you're random, you're not necessarily advancing, right? I like to always have purpose to my training, purpose to what I do. I don't like to do things for the sake of doing. I always have to have something in my mind that is about evolution, evolving myself. So, you know, and that's what I feel I need to be uh, with the, the integrity of my jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, I have to really try to express who I am within the boundaries of evolution because maybe who I am today could be better tomorrow, but if I keep just doing what I do always, I stop exposing myself. So I like to keep opening my mind, opening my styles, my style to, to advance in jiu-jitsu without losing track of what I want to achieve in that role, which is always a direction, a pathway. And I test the pathway, it doesn't work sometimes. I go back out, I change a new pathway. And I think that really helps me continue to be developing my jiu-jitsu without uh, allowing the environment or the challenges to dictate, you know, whether I should do something or not. Mm. It can... Yeah, yeah, I get it. I think on your point about the just, I was just thinking about it then. I don't, I'm not sure it is a juxtaposition. I think on the surface it might appear so, but actually what I would suggest is what's actually happening is, let's say we want to pass the right. If our partner does nothing, we will pass the right mm. because that's what we want. What we're actually doing is when we feel resistance, the integrity is, and your brother uses this analogy of jiu-jitsu being an argument. I think what you're actually doing there is saying, okay, I've met some resistance. Am I absolutely right that this is the right way? And I'm going to fight to the death to get it? Or am I going to say, hang on a minute, you're pushing back a little bit. Does the, an integrity piece around this, taken away from jiu-jitsu is, do you know something that I don't know? And so I'm open enough to listen and take a different viewpoint on. So I go to the right, they resist, I'm open enough and have integrity in myself to say, maybe this isn't the right choice anymore and I'm going to go to the left. And so I think if I view it that way, it's, really it's actually not a juxtaposition. It's the integrity is still there because you're listening to other people and you're accepting that your way might not be the right way at that given moment. Mm. And if we use that for life, that's, that's a phenomenal way to view it in, in, in that sense. Often happens in our academy, of course, I'll have an idea and, and T'll say, not sure about that. I'm not always going to implement my idea because you might know something that you might see something I don't see. And I think if we use that analogy for jiu-jitsu, then we're kind of we're hitting, hitting something yeah, pretty cool a, on that. And that is a line, right? And that is and to understand those lines, you got to test yeah. how far you go. And uh, sometimes if you're also fearful of pressing as far as it goes, you're never going to know whether that 
is the time to move or not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can move too early. Sometimes you just don't, don't pursue it deep enough, right? And, I, and then having the confidence to be able to pursue and deal with the challenges of that, that maybe it's, 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 you were not right. Yeah. You know, as long as there's no vital risks, you know, well, as long as there's no, no suicide mission, you know, yeah, yeah. That's, as long as it's not that, I'm willing to give it a shot. Because um, what I try to express into a jiu-jitsu term, for example, I do it and I press to the right and I know physically I can win. Can I get it? Is that sustainable? Maybe I still got success, but was he efficient? Mm -hmm. Could that be done easier if I shifted to another direction? So that's integrity, isn't it? Like being honest with yourself about how you achieve the goal. How you efficient. choose it, exactly. Because sometimes you can force your way through. It doesn't mean it is the best way. And be honest with how much energy you put into something. And if is that really the outcome that you expected? Because maybe you put so much into that beginning of the match, you got that point, but you kind of blow out for the rest of the match. So then you're not having like a long-term view on your, on your, on your move, on your situation. So we can do again, same thing about that, that we did, you know, we even spoke about earlier, like if we don't have understanding or guidance or mentoring or not really experienced enough to be able to see the long-term long -term view about that particular situation, you might miss in the opportunity to to actually guide or, or go in a direction that is actually complete. Yeah. And it is in line with your mission's, mission and your, your purpose, right? And that's the, 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 another play about that, that thought. It's, it's crazy, the, uh, the amount you can learn about life just through jujitsu. Like, you know, I'm, I'm learning just stuff in this conversation right now. And I'm, you know, what you guys were just talking about there is like, you could have been talking about jujitsu, or you could have literally been talking about, you know, just just you know, like, like having an argument or something like that and, yeah. and developing as a person. I just, you know, it's so cool that people can come here and like learn. I feel like now as a, as a coach, I've got to maybe try and do a better job of expressing that to the students and helping them see it as well, maybe. But isn't, isn't this the, so we spoke yesterday in the podcast about jujitsu being the lens in which we see you on the mat mm. and we see you in life. You, that's who you are. You, you, you can't do anything on the mat that isn't authentic to yourself. The way you win, the way you lose, the way you help others, the way you're selfish, the way you're selfless, the way you insist on what you want, because that's what you want. And no one's gonna stop me getting what I want. That's what you like at home. That's what you like at work. That's what you like with your kids. That's who you are. And, right? and then you have the opportunity, right? Because this, when you're true to yourself and you are transparent to the world and people are there to see, and you are there to see yourself. And the selfishness and the, the, the arrogance and humility and the kindness, they're all there for us to notice and feel. And which gives, that's why I find Jiu-Jitsu such a, a very honest. Yeah. Uh, that's a word that comes up a lot actually when we describe uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Because it's very honest because we have the opportunity to truly want to work on ourselves. And you might want to, if you're like some person who are open-minded to develop yourself, then you're gonna take the opportunity to, to really evaluate your, the way you address things and wanna improve. And if you're not really open to develop and open mind to, to, to improve in yourself, you might just shut off and just be who you are and you think you're already perfect. And I think Jiu Jitsu truly reminds you, like 
you know, if you got this arrogance about you and you fearful of shatter your ego or and then you're gonna feel this and you're gonna and jujitsu humbles you because you gotta be on the mat. You gotta you gotta expose yourself. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're truth to that, right? You're truth to expose yourself and be there, jujitsu tend to show you the little signs that things you need to improve. Well, here's the thing, man, and this is getting deep. Like, <clears throat> what if you come to jiu-jitsu class and you are open to discovering who you are and you actually don't like who you are? For the first time in your life, you're actually presented with some real adversity because life can be easy outside. You can go to a, uh, your job, which you've done for years, and coast along, no problem. You can stay in a, in a relationship that perhaps you've checked out of, but you're not really dealing with the issues. No problem. You can let the kids sit on screens all day. What if you come to jiu-jitsu class and you react to a certain situation and you see yourself, the real you, for the first time, you don't like it? You've got a decision to make then. Are you the kind of person who's going to come back again and work on that and just make a little incremental improvement in yourself next time? Or are you going to walk away and blame other people? Yeah. And that, that is yeah, challenging but for it, lots But that is people. one the interesting thing because... If you are the kind of person who are not necessarily with this mindset of evolving, evolution and developing, and when you see yourself, you already have a tendency to quit and tendency to avoid and look the other way. So sometimes in life, you have many opportunities to change and evolve and it's, those are many signs. The good thing about jiu-jitsu, it keeps reminding you every time you show up. Yeah. And it becomes obvious. Maybe you don't see it first, but because it's constant, it shows very often. And then you have the option to, and the opportunity to recognize. And I think, and also, you might be in a place where people are motivating you and you talk about growing, developing, improving, and somehow people have the chance to change. But it, Every time you look the other way, you lose the opportunity to, to, to kind of a check that on yourself. You know, you have this out of revaluation, you know, you doing that to yourself. Let me see where I am. Can I really, am I really being the best I can be? Am I the kind of person who is dedicated to be the best I can be? Am I a bit lazy? And, and you see people take actions. They're not necessarily for their best interest, but they're not necessarily that willing to to grow and then it goes back to that you know is that because people are not motivated because they are not feeling the point they are like uh, they are going through mental illness like mental challenges are they in a in a moment in their life they're they are struggling and they need to come out of that to be able to see it there's so many possibles there out there so i think that one of the things that I could take from situations like this and people that might struggle and they are true to themselves or they are not, is to first be in a mindset that you love yourself, be in a mindset that you care for yourself, and you're willing to do whatever it takes to, to do better for yourself. And there's a lot of people who are doing things for others all the time, right? Their parents and dads and moms, they are doing everything for their kids, but they didn't do something for themselves. And then they're not good for the kids because you never do things for yourself. It's like um, situations like when you need to feel good first to be able to help. You cannot just simply help without feeling like you can help. Like, do people only help when you have something in you to help, to give? 
So that's where sometimes I feel like, you know, be able to be in an environment where people are, uh, you know, motivating you. Or if you don't know what it is that makes you tick, if you don't know what makes you feel good and a direction or whatever it is, a sport, a hobby, uh, you know, friendship and conversations or new career path, whatever that is that you feel like you need to do to change your life, to make be in a better positive mindset. And then you can really truly have a, a goal and a journey, a purpose where you can really link to who you are. Because a lot of people might be just lost, isn't it? Yeah. You, you talked like a, a lot about you know, growth and, and development and stuff there, right? And I remember we were having a, a conversation in, in Portugal before you hosted the um, the GB kind of chat night with all the professors. And unfortunately, I don't think you got to speak because it, it, it ended a bit early. <laughs> well, it ended late, but you know, well, it was a late night, but we we could have kept on talking for ages. Um, and you wanted to. We want to talk about some embarrassing stories from the professors, and you shared with me yours, but you didn't get to share it with the rest of um, the group, unfortunately. It was a story about you facing Marcelo Garcia and um, how you kind of developed and grew after that. Do you mind sharing that? No, of course yeah. not. Is this the like, ADCC fight? Or? ADCC 2011, yeah. It's like, you know, that's when I, I met one of the biggest down, temporary down of my career, right? Mm. Like when you, like if you if you think about what the usual fears of of an athlete is to is sometimes to fail right is to lose and then it was a special thing at that time because it was in in Nottingham where I lived this is where my school was uh, all my family we were and students were there yeah I wasn't I I kind of I came into the DCC at the last minute like ten days in lost a lot of weight but I. I was helping my brother preparing for DCC, so it was not like I was in training. I was super sharp. I was feeling great in training, training with really nice, really good people at that time, and I was feeling super confident. Won my first match, went for my second match with Marcelo Garcia, then was a guillotine within about 35 seconds in, in the match, and I tapped, right? So that moment, it was about a big failure, right? It felt like I was on the ground. My pride, my ego was shattered, right? And this is something that when it one of the good, that was one of the tough moments that really done a lot of good to me because it couldn't get worse, right? You, as an athlete, you're in a major tournament where in front of everyone that you love, your students who expects you to do great, that admires you, and then you basically f lose quickly. And especially for an athlete that is trying to build that confidence, that achievements, and there's a massive knock, knock down. So personally, I had to really evaluate that situation, right? I had to really understand how can I swallow this one, you know? At first, there was tears, right? First, I was on the, on the backstage crying. You know, my, shit, my pride and my ego was shattered and I felt that was such a failure. Then I had all my students come to say hi and show their support. And then I started to run 
absorb that feeling. And, and I just thought to myself, well, I'm here. I put myself out there. I gave my best, made a mistake. And then I had to feel like, what am I defined by? Am I defined by this failure, by this loss? Or am I defined by the person, by the way I respond to the lowest point of my career, right? And I want to be defined by somebody who quits, who's sorry for itself. I will stand up tall and I will prove to myself that I'm more than just winning or losing. And I detached myself that moment. I basically put my head out. This was a conversation I had with myself while I was sobbing, you know. How can I handle this? And that was in the first, the same day. I was sad. I went out. I had food because I didn't have food for seven days. <laughs> now, and then I came back and I said, I just want another opportunity to fight. I know I have a lot more in me and then I want to be able to do that again. And what happened was that I realized straight away that, you know, there was a Prize to, praise to the athlete that beat me. He earned it. He was relentless. He deserved it. He got it. I didn't, f I recognized that I'm not a failure because I made one mistake. I cannot be defined as a whole by one thing. So I basically ignore this is just another opportunity to, do, to grow. I came back next day and I competed against tough opponents, including athletes that actually I fought Pablo Popovich in the second fight of my, of the absolute division. And basically he's the one who beat Marcelo Garcia at the time before. And I, I went through a, a war for over time. And I ended up losing that match, but it was just to show myself that is the one thing cannot define the whole. And I should not lose my confidence in myself. I shouldn't be sad, but I should be using this to really unleash my best potential because now I have faced my, low, my worst fear, to be ashamed in front of my students, to lose in front of everyone, lose badly. Well, in you your know, eyes, you lost badly. <laughs> but I mean, it is, you know, Marcelo Garcia, one of the best ever. And, the guillotine's his best weapon. I'm pretty sure as yeah. well, because obviously I was there that day and Marcelo was one of my favourite grapplers for the, who he is and what he does. But I'm pretty sure there was an interview afterwards where he complimented you on saying you were one of the hardest people to submit or you had one of the strongest necks he'd ever felt or something like that. He definitely, there was an interview that I'd, I'd heard him say that. So even in his mind, it wasn't an easy victory, even though it was 35 seconds or whatever. Yeah. But for you, it was super low because no one else thought that I, we never thought we never no one else thought bloody hell Victor you've just lost it. no one thought that yeah, this is that's the like, pressure right you this put is on yourself. unreal that our professor's competing at this level because it was last minute and no one was expecting you to do it and then you were there it's like oh, this is crazy man yeah it, 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 it was there because it in my mind it, it didn't matter it was Marcelo Garcia the guy who won three times before it didn't matter who would have been. I would like to beat them too because I was there to beat anyone. And that is the confidence that sometimes you had to put in yourself. And whenever it was so far away because you couldn't really implement your game, you didn't do it, the feeling is much worse than the reality. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I can ass 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 assess that moment 
in time. It was just one mistake. If I didn't get caught on that point, how would the fight look like? Very different. But at that moment, that was my, I had to realize different. I had to go beyond the guillotine. I have to reassure myself that I'm beyond just that, that match. And, and it's that ego of the athlete that's required, right? You, that's the difference between having an ego and an inflated ego versus having the ego to want to be the person who also beat Marcelo Garcia. Why not? Am I going there just because it's incredible? I want to be the guy who beat him, but it didn't happen. So that was like, a sh show me, not yet, Victor. <laughs> but then you won the world the same year, was it? Same? And then the same year, I came back differently uh, and I became a better version of myself. It was also a very tough moment for me at that time because I used to have my, my own school and at that time partnership broke and then I lost my whole school and I had a, a year and a half year old son. I didn't have a, a job, a place to be. It was a very tough time and that competition meant the world to me and didn't happen. So there was a lot of reasons why it, it felt so tough. But that's when I said, when I experienced my lowest, I lost the fear. And that is what I needed at that time in my career. Because now I can understand, I evolved from that and I know this is nothing, it's just a match. It's a cyborg just lost really quickly to, a, to a, an up and comer. It doesn't change who he is. So one moment on his career doesn't define the whole. And I admire him for being that. So I know now for so long this didn't really matter, but at, for myself at that time, that was a trigger. I lost the fear. I said, if I, if I face this, I can come back from any next loss. Was it Nogi Worlds that year that you won? Yes. Yeah, so later on in the year. So it was that unleashing of the true you from that. And that was a sequence of gold medals after yeah. that one. That's right. Because I just didn't care anymore. I just, I want to unleash my best potential in every match. And if I lose, I lose. But you're going to die trying. Awesome. <laughs> That's the, that was the feeling. Was it, uh, was it different years later? And maybe you could tell this story as well. You match against Nicholas Maragali when you were injured. And was that like a different kind of low point as, as well? Did, did that feel analogous in any way? No, like I didn't. I didn't, I didn't feel like a low at all. Mm. It was a genuine injury that was from before. I just, my body just shattered. Yeah. He didn't, at, until that moment, he couldn't, I felt great at the fight. I was feeling like he couldn't see my, my game. He was getting stuck in my game, but then my knee just collapsed. And then it was basically uh, out of my control. It was like, uh, if I have my body to fight, I will fight until the end. My body gives up. I just gonna get, okay, body's not happening anymore. Knee's gone. And I was badly for, injured for about three months. I almost had surgery. I had grade two tear. And it was already a bad knee that I had. And it doesn't take away the quality of Murigali at that time. He was an incredible athlete. He went all the way to the top. And it's not a, by accident today, he's one of the best athletes in the world. Um, the, the current world absolute champion, right? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, in my, it was not a low in my mind whatsoever. Now, I don't think I experience like lows that I, that was so, uh, that was a lowest. <laughs> it, it can't be anymore. It, it was no more <laughs> It couldn't that. get yeah. worse in my mind. And in, even if it happened equally to that, or if I lost badly, submitted, 
really quickly. I don't think it would be, you know, low. Mm. It would be just part of the process. It's all relative, isn't it? I think it's great for people to hear this because, you know, we always talk about with our competition team that the results really for us anyway are irrelevant. It's about you, first of all, having the courage to go do it and then trying to perform as well as you can. And as long as you can say you, you tried your best, like what else can you ask of people? Um, yeah. Do you know, no, Professor, this is like, a, I feel like for the person who builds themselves in their mind, they are very different to the person that you see them. Our sometimes the competitor, the, the person who's going to compete, they build a certain image of themselves that they're really worried to shatter. They are really, they have fear facing themselves, not being able to or capable of completing that. And, and, and submit themselves to somebody else. It's like a mental struggle, which with examples that I'm giving with Marcelo, this is just to show that's not. But they don't know yet. Huh. Sometimes they don't know. And that's what they need to face. Face the true self at the worst and realize they are no different. They are just okay. When you overcome that worst fear and you become true to yourself. Yeah. And that's where for me, uh, all those competitors that are worried to, to the result, you just need to accept who you are at that particular moment. You can't be something that you're not. <laughs> you can't be something that you're not. If you, what you did and how much you train and the quality of your techniques, your performance at this stage is not enough to win that tournament. You got to take what you deserve. You don't, you don't want to, you can't take what you do not deserve. Well, the one thing you can't control is your opponent, right? You can control your preparation you, to a degree. You can control your technique to a degree, but you can't control, you can, it's like no, no plan survives first contact with the enemy, right? That's a military saying. You, everything can be perfect, but you don't know what your enemy is going to do. You don't know how well they've trained. You don't know what level they're at. And if they're at a slight different level to you and today's not your day, you have to accept it. Because the alternative, what is the alternative? The alternative is a steep decline into really dark places. Yeah. If you're trying to control everything else, just, and you can't just, control yourself, man, you're in the right problem right there. And, and, and uh, another thing that I feel like it happens is you can only control what you said, what you can do. But in order for you to do your best, you need to be free. Yeah, man. Free to implement all your thoughts into the game. You need to be unleashed. That's when I say it, the unleashed word, because if you're full of fears, fears cause hesitation. Hesitations makes you lose the timing. And if you lose the timing, you don't get it. So if you're free to just trust your gut, your instinct, what you built and who you are at that particular time, you're giving your best chance to basically win that match. Yeah, we've spoken on the last podcast about being in the flow state. It's exactly that. You can only be in flow when you relax to a degree, right? Yeah. You've got to let it happen and be comfortable, I think. And the only way you can do that just to wrap up what we're saying here is when you are truly comfortable with yourself and the outcome because you've been to the lowest point. So actually everything else, if it's relative, 
can never be as worse than that. And if you're happy with that and you've seen the, you've, you've stared into the abyss and now you've come back out, nothing can be worse than that for me, then there is no losing. And that's where I see that does people understand what is the lowest? Do they know themselves enough to understand what's, what is the, that bothers them the most? Because I feel like I have conversations with a lot of people about this and they, I ask the question, what is your worst fear? And I can tell you sometimes they don't know what to tell. Tell me, they don't know. And then I usually try to suggest because I kind of try to help them understand because it's all about your inner ego. Mm -hmm. It's all about who you think you are, what you're trying to be for others. You know, shatter yourself to the ground and whatever you get, it's profit, bonus. <laughs> it's good. And that's, that's what I like to do. So whatever it is that holds you back, that you worry, that you fear, look at it, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. And then be okay with whatever who you are. And then that's the thing. You're not the best in everything. You're not going to be superior all the time. You don't worth less as a person because you lost. And that's the link. People feel like they're going to be a complete failure when they lose a match. So you cannot be defined your whole by one thing. And that's for me what helped me deal with whatever comes in my way and, and, be, you know, and still go for it. You know? Beautiful. Amazing. I think there's a uh, well, you need to shoot off so we can wrap this one up. But I think there's so many uh, things to take away from this one. It's pretty deep. Yeah, like I think I want to go back and listen to it again. But like yeah. I don't really listen to the podcasts back apart from like when I'm editing. Um, but yeah, I think I'll listen to this one back and just take take some stuff away from it. And this, I, Thank I you, Professor. No, it's a pleasure. I it's think good to have you here, man. It's great to be here. I feel like I'm among friends here. And are you warm yet? A, huh? Are you warm yet? My hands are cold. <laughs> I'm a little bit shaking inside. Yeah. I had the GBRL little... initiation into the ice bath today. Oh, it's yeah. a little shaking yeah, inside there. Cold. I feel more myself. I was like, ooh. Think of all the calories you I was like, I, I wish there was some hot water in my tea now. I was like, I want to hold that drink. Let's, uh, let's go get heated up. All right. Till next time, guys. Oh,